0: I haven't
1: smoked a cigarette all day today. Yeah! That'll help the lungs out as well. I'm happy for you. Did you have any craving to, or you had a craving to, but you were able to stand up against it? Did you feel like you wanted to, Uh, or you were just able to stand up against it? I had very little craving for a cigarette. Praise the Lord. I did crave it, it you know, like once or twice, I think. Yeah. Amen. Come on, Jesus. Good. Who else? Something from over there. You should also, Cat, share. The reason why I'm here right now is Kat came to a meeting that I did in Escalon, and then you should share that testimony too. That's what I'm going to share. Oh, you are? Oh, okay, cool. Yeah, yeah,
2: yeah. So what was that, like a year ago?
1: Yeah, September, a year ago.
2: Okay, so um, that night, I, we, I mean, it was a really small group. There was like this many. Right there. (laughs) And um, they, gosh, I don't even know what we're praying for. We're praying for all sorts of things. And um, Judith Little, her husband prayed over me uh, because I have seizures, I have epilepsy. And I, I take medication twice a day for that. And you know, it's kind of like a no big deal. You take your pill, you're fine. You don't even think about it. But over the course of like maybe, I'm gonna say it was a couple months. I'm not really sure, I don't remember. but. I had been having many seizures. So there's different types of seizures. There's grand malls, then there's petite malls. And I would have petite mall seizures often enough to like be like, what's going on? That's usually a precursor to something bigger and scarier. And like, let's be honest, it's no fun to have a seizure, so. <laughs> anyway, um, so that night I just asked, you know, I mean, I've been having these little seizures. Maybe that's something we can pray about, but you can't tell, like you don't know you're gonna If you're gonna have a seizure or not until it happens so um, after that night Ken prayed over me and Ken was going through his own stuff and he still is uh, but whatever I'm telling you God worked right through him Um, I have not had any petite malls since that night they completely stopped and I still I do take my medication but, um, but that's a really huge deal because You know, that was really scary, but the Lord is bigger than that. So that was kind of like I wanted to share that, like, you may not know it tonight, tomorrow, or the next day, but a year later you will know, you know?
1: Amen. And you were having how many seizures a week, even while on medication?
2: I don't know. I was having little ones probably, I don't know, what do you think, like a couple a week? A couple a day. A couple a day, I don't know. It just depends.
1: Yeah. And it had been that way for how many years?
2: Well, I was diagnosed at 27. Okay. So. And you haven't but, and I'm only 29, so. Yes. So, yeah. yeah.
1: Man, he really was robbing the cradle when he married I know, you. Right?
2: I <laughs> him. <laughs> <laughs> um, anyway, yeah. It, I mean, there were a couple of things. You prayed over me at Judith's another time. Maybe. Yeah, that you had was a when I broke my foot. Boot, yeah. Boom, I walked, like, barefoot that day. And I never had even attempted it. Well, I had, I'm sorry. I tried, but I was like, oh, this isn't working out. Then Paul, the Lord used Paul in that night or that day, and I was like, uh, "Hold up here! I'm walking barefoot on like cement, so that's crazy." There was something else you prayed over that day too, wasn't
1: there? I don't know. I, I got to give a little more explanation. So, like, okay, so she gets um, healed of the seizures back in September of a year ago, and then I'm swinging by to visit the littles. I've known them for a number of years, and uh, I was there in December. And so then they invited Kat to swing on by. And so I said, oh, well, if she's coming, i got to a, make a little video testimony of her sharing what Jesus yeah. healed her of. And so I'm around the corner in their house, and as the door opens, I'm hearing, but it doesn't sound like footsteps going down the hallway. It sounds very different than that. And sure enough, she comes out, and she's got a boot and some crutches. And I'm like, oh, no. Like, we're making a healing testimony in this video, and you got crutches and a boot? Like... I mean, yeah, I yeah, she, needs, I she needs, she needs more, you,
2: don't, don't Facebook and walk, <laughs> You're
1: all there you go, <laughs> so at any rate, yeah, so then I was like, all right, well, we're just going to have more stuff for the video now, so then laid hands and prayed for her, and I'm like, all right, now, is there a way to test it up. that's not going to, you know, I don't want to get you in trouble with the doctor or whatever, and <laughs> she's like, oh, I think I'm doing good, oh, she just yeah. rips off the boot, and she's walking around, yeah, I think it's pretty good, and I was like, oh, okay, Happy for you. But
2: I, I don't think I put it back on after that. Yeah. It's like, oh heck, no! Get this stinky thing out of here. Yeah. Like, we're done. So, thank you, Jesus. Thank
1: you, Jesus. God's good. Yeah. So then we had your video testimony of you sharing about how Jesus mm-hmm. took care of the foot and the seizures. Yeah. So, thank That's you, very Lord. Awesome. Yeah. Happy birthday. Any other testimony from doing homework or in the last few days or there? You had a good day yesterday, man. You're a Detroit Lions fan. I won't hold that against you. At least you're not a Green Bay Packers fan. I, I
0: wore this just for you.
1: Yeah. I don't, I mean, like, my two favorite teams are the Vikings, whoever's playing the Packers. And when the Vikings suck, it's whoever's playing the Packers is my number one favorite team. And then the Vikings are number two. And then the Bears, whoever's playing the Bears is pretty high up there too. But the Lions, right. we've never really cared too much about.
3: It's
0: okay.
1: Yeah. We let the Motor City Kitties be.
0: I was on my what way to work this morning um, stopped to get, to get coffee and uh, ran into somebody I knew and he, I just asked him you know like off the cuff hey how you doing I'm you know, oh, not doing too good today I'm not working I don't feel too good and I was like okay you know I was getting gas outside so I knew I'd catch him when he walked out so he came out I said hey come here man and just be alright if I pray with you and he goes yeah sure go ahead so I, I got to pray with him and I you know, said prayed just the same way we've been praying in here and then after afterwards you said he was feeling better. So I mean it was just amazing. And it was just a, such an honor to, to do that. And then just before we came in the, the door, I was, we, we stopped to to pick some people up and I got an opportunity to pray for somebody else who came and uh, just came up to my window and she is on has a, a cane and has is having back problems. So I was I was just what can I pray for you? And I prayed for her right there and just, you know, it's just amazing, just to, you know how the, the. I feel like I have this boldness that I didn't have before.
1: Amen. So it's, it's good. Yeah. You're gonna see a lot of people get touched as you go for it. <laughs> <laughs> Amen.
4: <laughs> Paul, that's my husband Terry, that you didn't get to meet the other day. All right, very good. <laughs> he, said, I, he made me. He said I had to introduce him to to you. So. Okay,
1: good to meet you. <laughs>
4: anyway, um, so we just kind of continued last night. Um, Worshipping at the house and then this morning I was in worship and all day um, uh, I took a couple people out uh, Shopping and stuff today too this morning. It's been a very busy day, but everybody we've been encountering we've been uh, Just praying and praying for and and asking of uh, the last one was at the, at the grocery store just a little while ago um, uh, Robert actually walked I, I he stopped and I thought he was gonna pray for her and he kept going, and so I'm like, okay, I gotta get going. Well, I did stop in my tracks. I mean, I was like, oh, okay. And I turned around and I went up to her and just um, said, sister, can can I pray for you? You know, um, and, and I think I have a word for you. And she just lit up and and uh, just very discreetly, and I, we were right there at the checkout stand, and, and and I just started praying for her, and and it's like. Um, like he said, I, I have a boldness and the fear is gone. And, and uh, it's just wonderful. You know, we've, we've touched on this before in the church and it's just, it's just something that we're all hungry for, you mm. can tell. And um, let's see, what else? Oh, the uh, first night, uh, so it was Sunday night was the first night, the short leg, oh my gosh. And praying for my joints and my knees. And it's like, I am walking so good. I am not having any pain, no discomfort. In that area at all and it, it, it's like usually by and, and I keep having him check and the legs still the same length <laughs> they're still even <laughs> um, let's see anything else um, it's just been yeah this is just something you know I want to do all day it, it's just been it's just been a blessing and I've been in the, just in his presence all day just lit up all day long and people <laughs> people will ask me I mean I had two people, and then I had two people out of the blue text me and call me for prayer too. So I mean, it's just—it just opened up, it's just opened up so many things for Amen. us. Amen. So anyway, thank you very much. And yeah. Thank you, Pastor Steve.
1: Anybody else testimony of something you couldn't test and now it's healed, and you could test it lately, or homework testimony, or
5: Paul? My name is Paul. Nice to meet you.
1: <laughs> Your parents did a good job naming you.
5: Two days from now, I'll be 90 years old. All right. And I want to thank God that I don't have an ache or a pain in my body. I'm healthy. And for a 90 year old man, I'm strong. I'm able to take care of my wife and take care of all of our affairs. And this is a little different approach than we've been hearing tonight. But I just felt like I just needed to say thanks to God who has provided divine health. As well as divine healing.
1: Amen. <laughs> Amen. Anybody else? No? Nope? All right. Cool. Good. Uh, I have an advertisement to make. How is that? <laughs> you're like, I didn't come to church to get advertised to you. I'm advertising for a missions trip. So if you're like, I, I would like, I like this, but in a lot bigger scale. If that's you, hey, come join me on a mission trip. How's that? So uh, we spent the afternoon chatting about this, and um, I run teams out to Philippines, and we've had a blast in Philippines. Have any of you actually ever been to Philippines before? Just one. All right. Good. Um, yeah. Uh, I've ran 13 teams so far out to Philippines over the last maybe about mm, six, seven years. And between those 13 teams, we're somewhere in the ballpark of 60,000 salvations and 20,000 healings. Yeah, you heard me right. About 60,000 salvations and about 20,000 healings. I figure each person I talk into going on the missions trip is on average another 140 healings per person on the missions trip. So like, as you're discovering over these last few days, if you didn't already aware of this, like, Jesus doesn't just occasionally, randomly, flukingly heal one random person when, when it's their lucky day. Like, Jesus likes to heal people, and he likes to heal a lot of people. Right? He's not stingy on the healing department. Amen? You guys have seen right around 200 healings in the last two days. That's pretty good. That's right? It's a fair amount that you guys have prayed and seen God do. Fair enough? So, like, the team that I just had in end of July, there was... Nine people, and I think they saw about 4,500 saved and about 1,670 healed. So they saw a little better than average. They saw about 180 healings a person on their missions trip. And then those teams between blind or almost completely blind, uh, deaf, tumors, uh, goiters, mute, paralyzed limbs. The teams that don't see very much breakthrough see about 15 of those healed, and the teams that see a lot of breakthrough see closer to 40 to 50 of those healed on a missions trip. That's between, like, seven to ten people on a missions trip. So it's, it's not some random occasional thing that God might do, you know. He's good at doing it. Um, I'll give a little backdrop. Uh, the folks I work with there are some of my favorite people to work with anywhere on planet Earth. And the reason is is that most people, when they, they do missions, they tend to go where there is a church, not where there isn't a church. Right? And um, there's nothing wrong with going to where there is a church. Uh, in America, maybe it's not that big of a deal because people have money enough to have cars to be able to get to where church is. I mean, most of you probably didn't walk to church. Most of you drove to church. It's not a big deal for an American. But when you're talking about a country where the average person is living on, you know, making $5 a day, it's a lot bigger of a deal. If there is no church within their village, their neighborhood, they're not going. Period. Doesn't matter how good the church is 10 miles away, may as well be 1,000 miles away. It's just not going to happen. And so that organization made their goal to be, we need to plant a church in every single village and neighborhood of Philippines, which is quite the lofty goal. When they map the country, so Philippines is like pretty similar to Mexico, like nominally Catholic with a bunch of like witchcraft and witch doctors and everything thrown in. So like it's not unreached in that, like their concept of Christianity would be like, your child's sick, you say 50 Hail Marys, then you go to the witch doctor and you sacrifice a chicken and you hope something worked. And so, like, it's not necessarily what I would call, like, you know, standard approach to to Christianity. Um, And so, like, it's not unreached from the standpoint of, like, they've never heard the name of Jesus. No, every single Filipino knows Jesus died on the cross. Every single Filipino knows that they've sinned before. Doesn't mean they have any clue as to why Jesus died on the cross or how they can have a personal relationship with God. But they all know that Jesus died on the cross. And so, really, all we're doing is just connecting the dots to help them see that. And so, at any rate... um, yeah, so that organization has planted in Philippines uh, over 3,000 churches in the last 10 years, all in villages and neighborhoods that didn't have churches. And then they took what they were doing there and they started exporting that because that same need is all over the developing world to have a church within every single village and every single neighborhood. And so now they've, they're in 57 countries and planted over 10,000 churches and they're pretty amazing people. I love working with them. So at any rate, what I run teams out there to do is we literally do little village crusades um, where some pastor feels called to plant a church, and, but there is no church. And so I, I like that, because how in the world are you ever going to have long-term impact on a short, how are you going to have long-term impact in an unreached village on a short-term trip? Like, even if you go to that village and you see a bunch of people healed and saved, who are you leaving them with? There's nothing to leave them with. Does this make sense? And so, um, and if over 97% of America's resources go straight into where there is a church, not where there isn't a church, that just really bites for the 1040 window in all the villages that don't have a church. Fair enough? I mean, I think they say one-third of the people on planet Earth will never hear a salvation message ever in their entire life, period. They just won't. It's a bummer. I think it was Billy Grammer, who is it that said that People should at least have the opportunity to hear it once before everybody else gets to hear it twice and three and four and five times. So, um, yeah, so what we do is little village crusades where they don't have a church but somebody feels called to plant a church. We literally every single night go to a different village. My friends are there. They line it all up and it's just a blast. So we see basically everybody get healed and saved in the village. And then they go and plant churches out of it. So, basically everybody getting healed and saved. Please quantify that. Here's the deal. A lot of people who do my job are horrible at exaggerating. Like, If you came tonight and you need healing anywhere in your body, tonight is the night for you. God's going to heal you. I've heard people say that. Man, when I had cancer, I heard people say that all the time. Now, I'm like, yeah, you can't guarantee I'm going to get healed, buddy. And, like, I went to healing meeting after healing meeting after healing meeting. Like, sure, some people got healed in those meetings. Don't get me wrong. But don't tell me everybody's going to get healed because you just don't have that kind of power. Right? So, like, okay, so I'm saying basically everybody got healed and saved. All right, so quantify that. Like, is that 10% got saved? Is that 50% got saved? Is that 80% got saved? Literally, what is basically everybody getting healed and saved? So, go ahead, show picture number one, please. This is a sample crowd in a village in a night, okay? This is not 3 million people with Reinhard Bonnke in Africa, okay? This is little villages off the beaten path that nobody cares anything about except Jesus. All right? Um, and so this, we'll get anywhere between 100 and 600 people in a night. That's probably about 400 right there. So that's how many people came forward to receive Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. Go to picture number two, please. That's everybody the same night who did not come forward to receive Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. <laughs> that's completely normal. We consistently see between 92 and 100% salvation rate. And, so, and these are people they may have, have never heard a real salvation message in their whole life. All right. Now, so that's what we do in the evenings. Uh, jump-starting churches all over the region. Um, how many of you think it's a good idea for whole public schools to get saved? Yeah. Only like 10% of you, huh? <laughs> go to picture number three. That's what we do during the daytime. We go and share the gospel in the public schools and whole public schools get saved. Works well. That's a sample classroom all praying to make Jesus Christ their Lord and Savior. So you will be sharing the gospel in the public schools and seeing a whole bunch of people there get saved. We also go meet up with the local government officials, the mayors, uh, sometimes the governor, the governor was on the last team we met up with, um, and see them get touched by the gospel as well. So that's always a good time too. Sometimes we go to the prisons or whatever else. Prisons are actually probably my favorite. Sometimes we go to the hospitals. How many you think it's a good idea for a hospital to empty out and the churches to fill up? Yeah. All right, so I like that too. So we like to have fun in the hospitals and see Jesus touch a bunch of people as well and see a bunch of people getting saved at the hospitals. And so, yeah, it's fun. Jesus is good. So if you're interested in any of that... Um, uh, well, I'm going to show a video clip about it, but also in the back on the product table, I have a piece of paper and a pen. If you are interested in potentially joining me on a Philippines missions trip, feel free to write your name and your email addre- address, and please write neatly. It's a bummer if you never hear from me, and it's because I couldn't read your handwriting. And yes, that does happen, all right? So feel free to throw your name on there. Um, The cost for the trip, it's not cheap because the Crusades get split amongst everybody. The Bibles that we leave behind for the people get split amongst everybody on the team. But the cost is roughly $1,900 U.S. dollars. Of course, it's U.S. dollars. I'm in America. I preach half-time outside of this country. Sorry. (laughs) $1,900 plus airfare, and airfare from San Francisco to Manila is in the ballpark of eh, $600 to $800 if you're going at a time that is not summer or Christmas, and if you're going in the summer or Christmas, then it's probably closer to $1,000. Next year, I'll have two teams that are going. I'll have a team end of February, and I'll have a team uh, end of July. So it's basically about a, about a two-week missions trip. So um, yeah, I, I was just preaching in Minnesota. It was very easy to talk Minnesotans into the benefits of going to a tropical island in February as opposed to being in Minnesota. So. At any rate, uh, maybe you guys are pretty blessed around here, and maybe that isn't as big of a deal. Uh, your February might not be quite as bad, but at any rate, y- you can still ask yourself if you'd rather see villages getting healed and saved and getting massages for $7 an hour and eating tropical mangoes or being in rainy season. So. <laughs> Choice is yours. How's that? (laughs) If you are potentially curious about what it may look like, I have a short video clip to show you. This is just one of my team videos from one of the previous teams that I had. So go ahead and hit play. That'll give you a good idea to visualize what it looked like for you there.
0: estimated about over a thousand healings and so nice to know that people are encountering the love and presence of God here and it's a total life changing experience Uh, I'm half Filipino so I know that it's personally a good experience for me but I think for anybody
3: it would really be a good way to just learn how to step out and release the kingdom The thing that I love the most about the to the
5: Philippines,
1: what to we to do, 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 do CMC,
4: here. is here. how Perfect. much everyone on our team grows and stretches and develops. They're changed for good. They step out in gifts that they didn't even know they had, or they stretch and grow in gifts that they want to grow in, and they get an the opportunity to try things that they never thought they would try. So every single person grows in relationship with the Lord, and understand yourself, and learning skills and gifts like that, it's going to be done. Nung gabi
3: po nang
5: krusada, ako po ay inatasan na magbigay ng opening prayer. Pero nung ako po ay hawak ko na po yung microphone, bigla pong nawala ang boses ko, hindi ko po maintindihan. Isa sa mga missionero na nandun po present ay pinag po ako, and then instant healing. Talaga pong, uh, it really came to me again. And I was grateful to the Lord. And the past seven years of my pastor, I was amazed. It was really, God is so awesome, na talagang really uh, niya me lakas dahil sa kanya
6: Especially The Spirit, the healings, and the friendship among ourselves. Thank you very much for the CMC team for being a part of this uh, crusade together with us. And I believe there will uh, come a time that we will be together again, touching lives and going forth in the name of the Lord.
1: She could feel a difference, so we ended up having to persevere. We prayed a few times, and finally, the last time you can tell God had done it, she immediately just started screaming for her husband, and hallelujah, 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 you we know, yelling at her husband, come over here, look at what God did. She was so, so, so excited what God did, so God has just done so many extraordinary miracles. It's just a privilege to watch it happen, and an absolute privilege to partner with CMC Philippines. I really encourage you guys. Uh, this is an incredible work group to work with and then be able to get the opportunity to take advantage of it. So sometimes what they'll do is instead of planning a church straight away, they create a whole bunch of Bible studies out of the people who got saved, and then they integrate those together to create churches. So that's what you see that number. So anyway, um, yeah, uh, if you're interested, again, feel free to throw your name and email address down in the back, and but you don't have to wait until. F- and if you have a strong preference between the February trip or the July trip, feel free to write that in parentheses or something. Uh, you don't have to wait until February to go and do something. Like, there's plenty of people here in your county that need Jesus. Amen? Amen. So I really encourage you to go for it. Some of you, maybe you need a little encouragement, somebody to go with. Uh, On Saturday, this Saturday at 10 a.m., there will be people meeting here at church doing what I was talking about with this book, Treasure Hunt, just going out and seeing Jesus touch people in your community. All right? So all you got to do is show up. They aren't going to send you out by yourself. They're going to tell you what to do. They'll give you a little teaching, a little explanation, and put you in groups and then um, see this this community get touched. But how many of you think it's a good idea for your county to get saved? All right. We were trying to figure out, we were running some math. I like, I like math and I like, well, I don't like math that much. I have a math minor. I like geography. And, uh, but I'm, um, so we we're trying to, crunched some numbers between the two of us uh, earlier today of, of what percentage of this county is, is in an evangelical church on a Sunday morning, and I don't know, maybe it's 20%. But what do you think the population of this county is? Anybody know? 38,000. All right, you got it, 38,000. So maybe, whatever, 20% of this county, so 7,000-ish plus might be in an evangelical church on Sunday morning. We're not exactly sure on the number, but I don't think it's 38,000 that are in an evangelical church on Sunday morning in this county. I don't think it's even 30,000. I don't think it's 20,000. Fair enough? So how many of you, again, think it's a good idea for your county to be saved? That's everybody. All right. Now, unfortunately, sometimes in America, hopefully nobody in this church has this idea, People can have this concept like, I'm doing good with God because I go to church and I spend a little time doing a devotional and I put some money in an offering basket, so therefore I'm doing good. Well, that's a good start, certainly, but I mean, I just asked how many of you want to see your county saved, and all of you did. And sometimes people think, well, yeah, but that's why I put money in the offering basket so that way the pastor goes out and, and does it. All right, how many full-time people in ministry do we have in this county? 40, 50, maybe 100, tops? tops. All right, so you're going to expect, let's say 50 50 folk to go and reach the 38,000. They better quit spending time with their family. They better quit sleeping. (laughs) Better quit eating. They got work to get done. Amen? I, I, he, he better, I mean, he's got to go reach like effective immediately, like 100 people a day for a very long time, him and the other 50 people. They're going to have a chance at doing it. What I'm trying to get you to realize is it's just completely unrealistic. Like, just by sheer mathematics alone, it's completely unrealistic. And all of you want your county to be saved. I'm with you. I want your county saved too. So I'm hopefully helping you in the area of power tools to help reach your your county. (laughs) Amen? But if 20% of your county is saved, all it takes is each person reaching out to four people. Job's done. That's a lot more reasonable of an expectation than that 50 guys are going to go reach 38,000. Right Now, of course, it's got to be four different people. It might be that some of you find the same person as somebody else, right? But, but I think that's, that's doable. Amen. And so sometimes we're sitting around waiting, like we're waiting for the, the pastors to do something. <laughs> we're waiting for somebody to do something. We're waiting for God to do something. And God's actually waiting on us to do something. Amen? Amen? I'm just trying to get you like, to realize, like, I'm not trying to put you on a guilt trip, but I, I just want you to realize like, there are people every single day that die and are separated from God in your county. That's pretty horrible. And we have a huge opportunity to see them get touched by God. Amen? Well, what happens if they say no? Then you say, God bless you. But you'll find people that will say yes. And I don't want to miss out on a whole bunch of people who will say yes because I'm scared of a few that will say no. Amen? Amen? I don't want to not pray for anybody for healing because I saw some people not get healed that I prayed for. I mean, I'm the same as you. That's what I keep telling you over and over again. I mean, realistically, you wouldn't want me to quit going after healing ministry because I got a younger brother who still has a deaf ear, and I've prayed for him countless times, right? Which is true. I got a younger brother with a deaf ear. You wouldn't want Bill Johnson to quit going after because his son's got a deaf ear, right? It doesn't work well to get offended at God for what you haven't seen. Because then we miss out on the opportunities that God has for us now. God's got all sorts of opportunities for us. The adventure of our lifetime is waiting for us, seeing lives getting changed and transformed wherever we go. Amen? Amen. So go for it. There's no... You're not waiting for somebody to empower you. (laughs) Jesus has already empowered you. Amen? Amen? Amen. All right. uh, Real quick, before I get into what I want to share with you all, I travel and preach a lot. Some of you have already heard me say this a few times, but I... I preach between two and 300 times a year in a whole bunch of countries. So last year I preached the United States, Canada, Brazil, Germany, England, Switzerland, Siberia, Taiwan, Cambodia, Singapore, Philippines, Malaysia, maybe something I'm forgetting. And you can look at that list and see who can afford to fly me in and who can't. And I just couldn't picture Jesus refusing to go to developing countries because they couldn't afford his plane ticket. So if Jesus will go, I'll go. So I had to figure out a way to make it work. So what I do is when I'm in a first world nation, um, if they do an offering for the guest speaker, I just ask whatever people give, I divide in half. So half I put in my missions account, which helps send me to the Third World Nations, which I spend about four to five months a year in. And then the rest of it I use to pay my bills as a human being on planet Earth. So if you decide you want to give, that's what you're giving towards. If anybody wants to be a monthly partner, hey, God bless you. I don't refuse that. Um, they can throw my webpage up there and you can do it that way. So at any rate, you want to tell them what to do if they want to give?
6: double switches on this bad boy if you're going to make out a check please make it out to new life and then we will write a check to Paul Um, everyone in here except for the new people which are about to really get blessed actually you've already been blessed you just heard some great truths you've been challenged amen Um, we've had 200 healings in this church and this is our third day and there will be more by the end of the night that's radical actually it's kind of supposed to be normal right it is sad that I say it's radical, but right now it's radical, but it's about to get a lot more radical, amen? It's about to get a lot more radical. So there's, there's a real high probability that every single person in this community will be reached by someone in this church. Do you think that's, do you think that's fair? Yes. In this Jackson, Sutter Creek area, through this group of people, it could happen. There was 12 men that Jesus called, and the Pharisees and, the, and the, the Sadducees said, who are these unlearned men who have flipped this world upside down? They weren't anything special. They were flesh and blood like us that believed. Amen? So I thank you, Paul, for coming and, and throwing gas on a fire. You're, right. You're just throwing gas on a fire and um, showing us in a very simple way that this is normal. This is, this, is, this is what Jesus wants us to do. There's no question about that. You can't say, that's not my calling. He said, go ye to every single one of us. Cleanse the lepers. Raise the dead. Lay hands on the sick. Baptize them in my name. Go. Amen? So that's every one of our commission. And we're going to stand before God someday, every single one of us, and give an account. I don't want to stand before him and, be, and and recognize that I've been given much to be born in this country, have the things that I have. Because to whom much is given, much is required. And I didn't share what he did for me in my life. He's done a lot for me. He's radically changed my life, set me free. So I share that, amen? He's done the same thing for you. And for most of you now, you say, he's healed me. He's touched me. I felt his touch. So now we need to be that beggar who found that source of bread and says, hey, all I know is that there's a bunch of starving people out there and they need bread. This is where I found it. Amen? We can do that. So meet up Saturday here at the church at 10. If you want to go out and pray for people, see Jesus Jesus touch people and apply what you've learned. Amen? It's awesome that we do it in here, but it's, it's really powerful. And there's a, I, I believe, honestly, there's a greater blessing when we're obedient to the call when he says go. When, you, when he says go and you go, there's a blessing on that obedience. It's awesome that it happens in here. But the, the great commission is to go outside the walls of the church. Amen. So we're going to take an offering. Thank you, Paul. I've enjoyed what little time we got to hang out. And uh, you guys don't know this, but on his way to church here Sunday... Um, I told him I wasn't going to be able to be here because I had an attack on my lower back that was nothing pretty. And he was, I think you just got done from running. You were soaking wet and sweat. And he's like, I'm going to come by and pray for you. I'm like, I don't think you have time, dude. Like, you better get to the church. And sure enough, he, he risks getting a ticket and comes over to the house and, and prays for me. And, and uh, here I'm standing. So praise God. Um, let me just pray a blessing. Father, we thank you. I thank you for Paul. I thank you, Lord, that you desire to do the same thing with every single one of us. It might look different, and you might not have each one of us travel all the different places that Paul is, but there's people in front of every single one of us, and you love every single soul the same. Lord, let us see people with your eyes. Let us be quick to hear. Holy Spirit, stir up your people. Lord, I pray that you bless this offering. I thank you, God, that we get an opportunity to to give an offering and see what we saw on that video. Everyone's hands go up. See people come to to you. See people get healed all over the world. I thank you for that. Bless this offering in the name of Jesus. Amen.
1: All righty. I'm going to do something first, and we'll get a healing time for sure, but I would, did want to give, if I don't get too long-winded and get, don't get too many rabbit trails, <laughs> a little time for do a little question and answer. So maybe there's something over the course of the last few days um, that you have a question about related to healing, or uh, if you're going to ask a question, try to think of something that isn't it would pertain to the majority of the people in the room, not something that's just individual about you. But, um, yeah, you can ask your question. I may or may not actually have an answer for you, but you can certainly ask your question. How's that? And maybe the Holy Spirit will give me something. Uh, Now, before we get into that, I think think it's really important that every believer knows how to minister healing and have some confidence that God's actually going to show up when they do. And I think a whole lot of people in this room now do, as opposed to maybe before. Maybe you did before, too. I don't know. But I think that the number is increasing. And I think it's great that people learn how to get words of knowledge like we did last night. But I also think it's really important that every believer knows how to lead someone else to make Jesus Christ their Lord and Savior. Like, if we go out on the, pray for random people around town and they get healed and they get touched by God, and all we do after that is say, God bless you, have a good day, that's a bummer because we missed a real opportunity. All right? Like, we don't want them to walk away impressed at us. We want them to walk away in love with the healer. Amen? So it's really important that every believer knows how to share their faith with other people. And I'm not so sure that everybody in the body of Christ actually does know how to share their faith with other people. And so there's a lot of different models out there that people use. And I'm happy, I guess, for anything that people use that causes people to come to know Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. Uh, But... Um, I, I think I have some preferred ways that I use. Now, I'm going to teach you one method here, and like anything that I teach on, I'll get you guys doing in just a little bit. We'll have activation time for it. Uh, the method I'm going to teach you actually isn't even what I use the most commonly, uh, but it's one of the most easily teachable. Teachable? Yeah, that's a word. Uh, one of the most easy ways for me to teach other people in how to do it, okay? And uh, I really would encourage you when you do this, try to remove all religious jargon. Because what in the world is asking Jesus in your heart? I mean, that doesn't even exist in the Bible. If you talk to somebody who's never stepped foot in a church and you tell them they can ask Jesus in their heart, they're thinking, how do I get a guy who was dead 2,000 years ago to go inside of a beating organ? That makes no sense whatsoever. And it does make no sense whatsoever, right? And nowadays, there's a lot of people who've never stepped foot in a church and they maybe are the age of somebody who's, you know, middle-aged, but they might have a spiritual IQ of somebody who's five years old. And so if you're using a bunch of complex language, if you're using the words just, justification, propitiation, and the atonement, you just lost them, right? So you want to make it really simple. I don't even anymore even use the words repentance, sin. I say we can all turn away from what we've done wrong. I mean, just try to make it as simple as possible, right? Especially when you get, like, another couple hours west of here with how secular the Bay Area has become. I mean, really, like, people might really have, like, a a Christian IQ of very, very low and may have never stepped foot in the church before in their life. So you can't necessarily assume that they have any clue what you're talking about when you're talking about asking Jesus in your heart or, or using different Christianese and Christian slang, okay? So... This is a bit of a challenge for those of us that have spent like multiple decades or more of our life in church to try to remove as much religious jargon as possible. But, but I really encourage you um, to try to do that because it, it helps. Now, one way you can use uh, to, to uh, share the gospel with other people is everybody has a testimony. <clears throat> Some people think, oh, my testimony isn't that good. No, 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 it's your testimony. People can't argue with you about your testimony, okay? So... What is your testimony? Life like before Jesus, how you came to know Jesus, and then life like after Jesus. Okay, now, you can also use like some pivotal point in your life where maybe you rededicated yourself to the Lord or something like that. Um, now, don't make this fake, please. It bugs me when people are like, oh, my life was all falling apart and everything was going bad. And then I found Jesus. Now I have endless joy and perfect peace. <laughs> really? I don't always feel like I have perfect peace in my life, all right? Like, like be real. I mean, it, be honest. What, God has probably done something. Hopefully he's done something in your life since Sunday. But God's probably done something in your life somewhere along the way. So then tell people what God's done, all right? So life before Jesus, how you came to know Jesus or when you rededicate your life to Jesus, life after Jesus. Okay, then the basics of the gospel. So what does somebody actually need to know in order to make Jesus Christ their Lord and Savior? They don't need to know your end times view. They don't need to know if it was seven literal days or seven periods of time in which God created the earth. Right? Like... It's kind of peripheral, right? Like, What do they actually need to know? Because here's the deal. We're Americans. Americans are all in a rush. Like I said the other day, if an American cooks their food in the microwave, it still took too long, right? Like, It's got to be short, sweet, and to the point, okay? Now, maybe in rural California, you guys might be blessed that people have a little bit more free time than they do in L.A., but um, still, a lot of Americans think that they're in a rush, okay? Whether or not they actually are or not is a different story, but they think they are, right? So, What do you need to tell them? Well, Jesus loves you. Probably should be aware of that, right? Everybody's done things wrong before. And at this point, I don't get into a spiritual argument and a debate and give them a list of this qualifies as a sin and this doesn't. You know, I don't sit there and argue with them about whether X, Y, and Z are a sin and this is the sin list that this aren't. The reality is that God can convict them of stuff over a period of time. But at the bare basics... I think about everybody on planet Earth can agree that they aren't perfect, right? And if they are perfect, good luck trying to convince them they have any need for a savior, right? You're not going to get too far that way anyway. So, but most people can admit that they've done something wrong somewhere before in their life, okay? And then, you know, like God's perfect, you know? What we've done wrong separates us from a perfect God. So that's why Jesus came. Jesus is God. He's man also. He died on the cross. He took the punishment for us so we could be forgiven. And They didn't just leave him in a tomb. Three days later, he was raised from the dead. Yeah, sometimes I sometimes say you know, like you, people think that's impossible, but typically, people are having an encounter right before I share this with them, but what God just did in your body is impossible. Or the Holy Spirit encounter, you felt God touch you right now. That's impossible. And God does the impossible, and he does it because he loves you, and he wants a relationship with you. And then Sometimes people get this far and they think, okay, but I don't want to like pray with them because what if I screw it up somehow? And then they think that they're saved and they're not and it's because I said it wrong. Well, guess what? The best way to guarantee that they still aren't saved is to not do it at all. As you're discovering in these last few days, Nothing happens if you don't try, and if you show up, it's amazing what God might do. Right? Doesn't mean that any of us bat a perfect thousand when it comes to seeing people get healed or people get saved or whatever, but we're giving God an opportunity. Amen? And God likes to show up with the opportunity. So, so, give them the opportunity. Don't go this far where you've hung the stake in front of the dog and you just left it dangling there. And I'm not calling your non Christian friend a dog, but you get the illustration, right? So, give them an opportunity. Say, hey, would you like to pray to turn away from what you've done wrong and to make Jesus your God and receive his forgiveness? Because that's what they're, what are we doing? Don't say, would you like to ask Jesus in your heart? Because that doesn't make any sense. Right? And then, right, hello? You guys are okay? (laughs) And then, uh, yeah, and then have a prayer with them. Have them repeat after you. Now, what needs to be in a prayer of salvation? Don't make this thing so difficult that only a professional evangelist can do it, all right? (laughs) Dear God, please forgive me for what I've done wrong. I want to follow you. I make you my God. Give me strength to turn away from the bad things. Amen. That's more than enough. And that should do it. You can do that, right? Yes. All right. So let me, let me model this for you, and then we'll have practice time. Now, you should be able to do all of that in five minutes or less. If you can't do that in five minutes or less, you should go to seminary, because obviously you're long-winded enough to be a preacher. <laughs> so let me do this real quick. Life before Jesus, how you came to know Jesus, or when you rededicated yourself, life after Jesus Basics of the gospel, prayer for salvation. Start the clock. If you got your phone, hit the timer. All right. So when I was 20 years old, I was diagnosed with cancer. So I had a tumor in my chest. It had spread to both sides of my neck, both armpits, and below my diaphragm. I wasn't doing very good. It wasn't until I was getting worse with cancer in my body that I really was contemplating a lot about what would happen to me if I died. Where would I go? How do I know for sure? And I had I grown up in the church, and I had seen that the God of the Bible, when I prayed to him, that he was real, that I'd seen enough answers to prayer happen, that I, I knew that that God had to be real. So I started really searching in the Bible to see what does it actually say. Not what do people think that they know about God, what do people say about God, but actually saying what does God actually say about himself? How does he define himself, not how people define him? And as I started searching in there, um, I just gave myself wholeheartedly to God. And I said, God, however long I have to live, whether it's one more day or whether it's a hundred more years, I want to go completely after you. And God just started radically changing things in my life. He gave purpose where I didn't have purpose before. And cancer was actually a long, slow process. I had cancer for more than three years, and now I've been cancer-free for 14 years. But, But that also gave me a huge passion for seeing God heal and touch people. And so... God wants to put in your life purpose where you might not feel that you have purpose. You see, God loves you so much. And all of us, we've done things bad before, and that separates us from God. But God didn't want us separated from him, and so that's why Jesus came. Jesus died on the cross. He took the punishment for what we've done wrong so that we could be forgiven. And of course, Jesus didn't just stay dead on a cross. They put him in a tomb, and three days later, he was raised from the dead. But we really have a choice with what Jesus has done for us. We can reject Jesus but then we'll face the punishment for what we've done wrong when we die. Or we can turn away from what we've done wrong and make Jesus our God and receive his forgiveness. So would you like to pray to do that right now? Yes. Go ahead and repeat after me. Say, Jesus, Jesus. Please, forgive me for please forgive me for what I've done wrong. I want to follow you. I, follow you. I, make, you my God. I make you my God. Thank you for dying on the cross for me. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. There. How did I do? Did anybody start your clock? (coughs) Nobody started your clock? That was less than five minutes, I'll tell you that. You can do that, right? That's not so difficult. All right. Everybody get a partner? Whoever's sitting next to you works. All right. Now, Person who has longer hair on their head. Beard hair counts. If you've got a long beard, that counts. But person who has longer hair on your head, you're going first. Five minutes. Life before Jesus, how you came to know Jesus, life after Jesus, basics of the gospel. And then a prayer for salvation. Go for it. All right, when the first person, when longer-haired person is done, shorter-haired person goes. Now, if longer, how many of you longer-haired person is done? Raise your hand. All right, if longer-haired person is just barely getting going on their story, sign them up for seminary, all right? So (laughs) keep them on track. Okay, keep going. Longer-haired person should be winding down now. Longer-haired person should be done. If they're not done, cut them off. Short-haired person, start. <laughs> Same thing. Life before Jesus, how you came to know Jesus, life after Jesus, basics of the gospel, prayer for salvation. Okay, how many of you, both of you, are done? Raise your hand. Okay, we'll give just a couple minutes for shorter-haired person to finish up. All right, how many of you are done? Raise your hand. Good, well done. We'll cut it off there, okay? All right, now, how did it go? How many of you, that's the first time you've ever tried to articulate sharing your faith before? Raise your hand. Good. How many of you, you're professionals, you do this all the time? All right, a couple of them. All right, very good. Both of which are employed by the church. (laughs) All right. How many of you, when I ask you to do this, were thinking, "What in the world is he asking me to do?" <laughs> All right. appreciate your honesty, sir. All right. And how many of you were surprised at how easy it actually was? Okay, very good. Cool. Now, I just want we're going to take just 20 seconds. OK. For some of you, there might be people that you know you need to do and share that with. You need to go and share that with. For some of you, maybe not. Let's just take 20 seconds. You have a relationship with God. Ask him who you should have that conversation with in the next week. And then write down whatever names he shows. If he doesn't show any names, no big deal. If he shows you some names, write them down. Go ahead. God, I pray that you'd show these guys whoever you would like them to have that conversation with. We're in the day and age of smartphones, so I figure you can write it down on there. All right, write down whatever you feel like God's showing you. I also encourage you, feel free to give them some kind of encounter. You know, invite them to experience God's presence, touch them. Or ask if they have any pain or problem in their body. Share a testimony of what God's done at the church in the last few days. And then after they get saved, of course, don't just say, okay, great, you're saved, have a good day. But, of course, you know, you can invite them to come to your church. You could encourage them to pray and talk to God. You can encourage them to read the Bible don't just tell them start at the beginning or else I'll get to Leviticus and get very confused and quit. <laughs> Good place to start is the book of Mark. Read about what Jesus did. And now I want to pray that some of you are writing down some names that God would just make it really, really natural and really, really easy. That it wouldn't feel like you have to jam something into a conversation. But it'd just be really, really easy. So God... We just pray you'd make it really, really easy. In Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord God. Amen. All right. Cool. Good. I think there's going to be some fun testimonies. I really do. And if God didn't show you anybody, or even if God did show you somebody, you can still show up at the church on Saturday at 10. Go see God touch people in the community. Dangerous. Some of us, we've been in church so long, all of our friends are all Christians. I'm one of them like that. So I got I to gotta go find some waitress or waiter or somebody at Walmart or something in order to get a, crack, uh, a fresh crack at it. So, all right. Does anybody have any questions over anything from the last few days? Yes, sir. Emotional healing. Anyway. Yep. God does it. <laughs> Yeah, sure. You can pray for it. Command the depression to go. Command the schizophrenia to go. Command the whatever it is to go. The anxiety to go. God gave you authority of it. I don't... Don't treat anything as special. It's all something God gave you authority over. Doesn't matter if it's terminal cancer or if it's a little pain in their pinky or if it's anxiety or they've been depressed for forever. Just don't... Don't get impressed by the problems that you see. Get impressed by the answer. Amen? Amen. And there might be some underlying root. Maybe they need to forgive somebody. Maybe they need to whatever with, you know, an emotional thing going on. But in general, I just take authority over it. So, yeah. Yes? Yes? Well, you're a woman, so you're already better at it than me as a guy. Women are a lot more creative with how they use language than men are. <laughs> so you got to figure out a nice way in order to get around. Yeah, you know, like, I won't. Okay, first of all, like, I could get a word of knowledge, and I think it's for this person, it's actually for that person, right? So, like, I don't necessarily, like, presume that just because I'm sensing something and I think it's for this person, that for sure that's where it lies, Okay, like even, for example, where was I at? Oh, when we were doing our group of three last night. In my group of three, I had a younger girl and I had a, a gentleman. And, um, and all of a sudden, I, after we were done, we were just checking to see what else people wanted prayer for. I think this was last night. I don't know, whatever. And um, I, I said, I thought it was for the girl. And I said, wait, do you got any problems with your wrists or something? sorry, I pray for a lot of people. It all bursts together after a while. And she's like, I don't. But then guys like I do. Oh, okay. So like, you know, I don't necessarily always presume it's for that person right there who I think it's for. Even I might see the word of knowledge on a person. Like I might see like a body part jump out at me and I see it on, you know, Steve, but it's actually for her. Right. And so like, I might see it on somebody, but it doesn't mean it's necessarily that person. It could be somebody in my Holy Spirit radar. Does that make sense? So I'll ask, like, like if I get something, like, for example, uh, I was walking a guy through deliverance. Uh, this was years ago, and I was working at Teen Challenge, and he was actually a guy who was just filled with hope. But I heard the word, in the still small voice of the Lord, say hopelessness, okay? Well, I don't want to be like, you're hopeless, you know? Like, that ain't gonna help him, right? So... I just said, like, hey, like, you seem to be one of the most hope-filled people that I know, but I could be wrong, but I thought I was hearing hopelessness. Is there any area of your life that you feel like you're lacking hope in? He was like, you know, in 99% of my life, I am filled with hope, but there are a couple areas of my life that I feel like I absolutely have no hope at all. And I said, let's pray for that too and break that off at the same time. But now some of it's based also on how much relationship you have with the person, right? Like, if I'm just at Walmart, And I see a guy, and I think I hear hopelessness. I may or may not get very far if I just walk up to him and say, hey, I think you're struggling with this. Um, So some of it's how much relationship you have. And you also got to remember, like, the church is very missional, and missional is good. I'm actually really encouraging you guys to be missional. But understand that God, before he's missional, God is first and foremost relational. And so God speaks to us things that he's not even telling us to act on. But he's talking to us just because we're his kids. Like you're I presume you're a parent? Yeah. And so like you talk to your kids sometimes, not just because you're trying to get them to do something. He talked to him just because you love them, right? No, sometimes you talk to him and you do want them to do something too, I'm sure. <laughs> There's both, right? Well he's 28 yeah. Well, okay, but I go back 20 years. <laughs> I'm sure that there was times that you talked to him that you wanted him to do something, right? And so um, yeah, and so just realize. God might be saying something for you, and it's not necessarily for you to act on. Maybe it's just to pray about or whatever. Like, Joseph, God spoke to him. He gave him a couple dreams. And Joseph made an unfortunate decision of choosing to blab his dream to people who didn't necessarily have all that much value for his dream. And so, which goes to show just because God's showing you something doesn't mean you need to blab it to the whole world because not everybody's going to have a value for what God's showing you. Does that make sense? And so, yeah, probably most of us have that have walked with God for a while. And so, uh, yeah, so you just, you know, that's why it's a relationship, and it's not like a formula. It's not like, well, you always do it this way, or you always do it that way. No, it's like a relationship with God, where sometimes you might do this, and, you know, sometimes you might just pray about the situation and keep your mouth shut. And sometimes God's wanting you to go over and say something, and, um, and then wisdom, okay, God, how should I approach this? And to say it in such a way that this person actually wants to receive what I have to say. And, uh, and so we need wisdom in how we do that. But I, I don't like it when people just say, you're dealing with this, and they could be wrong. They could have been the other guy in the room and not them. It could have been, they could get it wrong. How many of you have ever thought you heard from God and you didn't? How many of you ever thought you did hear? I'm sorry, the other way around. Like, you weren't hearing from God, and you actually were hearing from God. Yeah, yeah exactly. And so that's why, like, when you approach this, do it with a little bit of humility. Don't just be like, hey, God's saying this is the way it is. Like, mm-hmm, maybe, <laughs> maybe, <laughs> maybe not. <laughs> so, yeah, like, you know, it's, it's fine to say something like, hey, I'm kind of sensing that maybe it's this way. Does that make sense to you? That's a lot more palatable for people to hack, and it also takes the guard down a little bit too. So, all right, yeah, question, yes? Sure. Um, Well, a few things. Number one, that isn't the only way to share the gospel with somebody. In fact, most of the time I don't share my testimony. Most of the time Americans are in so much rush, I don't even bother parts one, two, and three. I go straight to four and five. So I would say 95% of the time, if I'm doing outreach, I go after seeing God do some kind of encounter with the person. And then after I do have God give them an encounter, I give a 30-second explanation of what's happening as as, as well as like a salvation message and then prayer for salvation. That's what I do 95% of the time. If you don't feel like you want to share your testimony or for whatever reason you feel like your testimony is not something this person could relate to or for whatever reason, you're so young that you don't remember life before Jesus, um, there's nothing wrong with doing it that way as well, for sure. Um, Yeah. Mm -hmm. Anybody else? Yes. Yes. For sure. Or call them on the phone and pray for them over the phone. Or leave a message on their voicemail and they can listen to that. Or, I mean, I've seen God heal tumors over voicemail messages just simply praying. Facebook Messenger works great. Oh, people, oh, I'm scared to say this because now I'm going to get 50 people who are going to do this. Please don't everybody do this to me. You came, you got empowered. I didn't pray for hardly anybody. Let's keep it that way. I got enough people that want me to pray for them. (laughs) But there's on Facebook Messenger the voice memo box. So like somebody messages me and says, please pray for such and such. Takes me 20 seconds. I hit the record button. Holy Spirit, release your presence. Your anointing, 19 touching, blah, 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 blah. Amen. Done. Um, And God heals off off of a simple prayer over Facebook Messenger. I mean, there's a myriad of ways with technology now the way that it is that yeah, I mean, like if I have a choice, I'm going to speak to that mountain and command the mountain to be moved. So that's going to involve some kind of personal encounter. If I can't do it that way, then praying a prayer in proxy for sure. Nothing wrong with doing that. So, yeah. Yes? Well, you're not that terrified if you're able to raise your hand in front of this many people and say that. What? Well, just don't even work on trying to evangelize people. Just work on saying hi. If you're like moving to your car and you see somebody else walking in their car, smile and say hi. How are you? Just strike up a simple conversation. You know, when you're walking along at the park, somebody else walks past and they're walking their dog. Hi. It's a start, Right? And then as you do more and more, like, yeah, I mean, just little by little, you come more and more out of your shell. And Jason Chin, my buddy who has the Red Book up there, who is an extremely bold evangelist, he was the guy that when he was a first-year student at, at Bethel, when it was outreach time, he, he dodged outreach, and he went to Starbucks by himself, and he made up excuses. And he was like, no, 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 I'm, I'm going over to Starbucks to pray. <laughs> Or, to drink coffee, but whatever <laughs> but he is just absolutely mortified by the idea of praying for somebody in fact i 'd venture to say that most of us who 've done this were like that. in fact, maybe it 'll encourage you i 'll tell you my story of first person I approached outside a church to pray for him i'd got into reading this probably isn 't the first one, but one of the first ones. Um, I got into reading, and there was such a big push for like healing on the streets and all that sort of stuff and And I was like, oh my gosh, I'm desperate to see people get healed. But man, that just freaks me out. And I was like, well, it's just better to face my fear right away and get it over with. And so um, to like make it that like I do it, I went on a fast that day because I was like, I hate fasting. (laughs) God bless you if you like fasting. But I was like, I hate fasting. I'll be miserable enough that but this will force me that when I get out there, I'll actually do it and not just chicken out because I'm not going to put myself in this position again. So I, I fasted all that day, and I went with my buddy, and we went over to Winkle Foods. And uh, we're at Winkle Foods, and we walk in, and I get over to the uh, produce department. And I look, and there is a high school-age girl who's sitting in a scooter, and uh, I tell you... I don't know if I was ever all that mortified of high school girls when I was in high school, but I felt extremely mortified at this point that now I have to go over and talk to this person. And I was like, oh, dear Jesus. And then I thought, I forgot to get a shopping cart. I'm going to go get a shopping cart. And I chickened out and walked away. And then I go and I walk away and then I get my shopping cart and I come back and praise the Lord, I was delivered. She was gone from the produce department. Hallelujah! But then I prayed something that, gosh, this was the stupid thing to pray. God, if you bring her by my path again, I will pray for her no matter what. Oh, bad idea. <sighs> Winco Foods in Redding is known for having very good deals on their on their food. But they had some of the worst lines. Lines were very long at Winco Foods. And this was at about five o'clock in the afternoon when they got like 25 checkout lanes all open and a lineup of like 10-15 people deep on each lane. And I go through the store, didn't find anybody else to pray for, and I'm rounding the corner to go up to the front with my few items, and there is that girl. In line, nobody behind her in line, and now I got an audience of literally hundreds of people (laughs) with nothing to do except look at me as I'm going to go talk to her. And I'm like, oh, no. But I knew I had told God I was going to go do it. So I drug myself over there in line. And I went and I talked to Montana. I still remember the girl's name. Her name is Montana. I'm going to remember her. I don't even remember people's names like two minutes later when I meet them. And I ask them three different times for the name. I remember Montana's name. I don't remember Montana until the day I die, I think. And I go and I'm talking to Montana and her mom. And I find out that I think she had torn her ACL or something playing sports, and and so uh, I was with my roommate. My roommate was there, and so I said, you know, we, we'd really like to pray for Montana and what's going on with the with the ACL, and and so we. She says, okay, and she kind of felt a little awkward by it, and I was like, you know, is it all right if I put my hand, you know, there on your your knee? And she's like, yeah, yeah, that's fine. And so I I pray for. I'm not 100% sure if it was torn ACL. Is it torn something? Maybe it was a meniscus. I don't know. But it was some issue. It, it, was, it was more than just a, a little bit of knee pain. And so I pray a short, simple prayer. You know, Holy Spirit, we release your presence to touch Montana. In Jesus' name, knee be healed. Pain get out. Amen. All right. Test it out. How are you doing? And Montana says, it's the exact same. And I was like, oh. And I'm just thinking, how do I get this checkout line to just go a little bit quicker? <laughs> And two guys get in line behind me, and they're both from... But here's the thing about this all. This really is as big of a deal as you make it out to be in your mind. For me, I'd made it out to be, like, the most horrible thing ever in my mind, and it really just isn't that big of a deal. Two guys from Bethel that were second-year students get behind me in line, and so they're like, oh, you guys must be from Bethel, right? And so we start chatting with them, and so then they start chatting with Montana and Montana's mom, and and we get done, and and we leave out of out of Winkle, and... Uh, go back to my, to my car with my roommate, and I was like, well, at least, at least I went for it. I prayed for a person outside the four walls of the church, and I faced the fear. And um, yeah, a- and so I thought that was the end of the story, but it wasn't the end of the story, because those two guys that were second-year students kept talking to Montana and Montana's mom after we had left, and uh, the next morning, my roommate was at the prayer house, and one of those second-year students sees my roommate and starts talking to, to Grant, my roommate, and says, uh, you guys left right away, but we kept talking to Montana and her mom, and as we went outside into the parking lot, Montana shared that all the pain left her knee when you prayed for her right then. But she just didn't know what to make of the experience and didn't know what to say, so she just kind of said it was the same. But, but she was completely healed when you guys prayed for her at the grocery store that day. And then... And at that point, I was like, man, if I saw Montana right now, I want to punch her. <laughs> Just being honest with you, I'm not fully sanctified yet, all right? <laughs> and so later on that year, after I'd gone up to a whole bunch of people, and it was starting to become more and more of a lifestyle for me, I was doing a treasure hunt. We had written down clues, me and whoever I was with. And we get clues, and we go over to the Coldstone Creamery there in, in Redding. And uh, I go walk up to this girl who's with her boyfriend and I start talking to him and she's like, do you remember me? And I'm like, wait a second. You're Montana. <laughs> and she's like, I am Montana. And I was like, absolutely I remember you. <laughs> and I said, I heard that you got healed then. Like when I prayed for you. She says, absolutely. I never had another problem ever since then. And she said, I said, so why didn't you say something? <laughs> and she's like, Sorry, I just, I didn't know. I, like, I, I should have, you're right. And I said, it's all right. I got over it a while back now. But, <laughs> but I said, I am happy that Jesus healed you. But, you know, sometimes, you know, we make it out to be a big deal. And I really encourage people, you know, go with other people, you know, too. It's, it's easier when you don't go by yourself, you know. Show up Saturday at 10 a.m., how's that? You know, go with some people. And, and you watch what they do, and it's, you start to realize it's really not that big of a deal. When you see somebody who's got a brace on their knee or they're in a scooter to just say, hey, excuse me, I noticed you have a brace or I noticed you're in a scooter, what happened? Then just listen to the person. Most people want to show you more about their problems than you ever wanted to hear about their problem. They're just thankful somebody cared. Their family has long since wanted to hear them quit whining about their problem, right? (laughs) And then go ahead and, and say, you know, I was just hanging out with some friends the other day, right? Friends here, right? And we prayed for people and we actually saw God heal them. Can I pray for you? Most people will say yes. Can I put my hand where you have the pain or problem? Most people will say yes. If they're open for prayer, 95% of them will let you have hands on them. Just pray a short, simple prayer. And check and see what God did. How are you doing? Is it the same? Is it different? What's going on? It's not that difficult. You guys can do it. Amen? So, Yeah. Amen. Way to go for it. After that, but, uh, they were... I'd say a seed got planted, though. <laughs> <laughs> but, I mean, and this can look a lot of different ways. Like, if you feel more easily intimidated, go find people that maybe don't intimidate you as much. Go to a nursing home. How many of you realize that that's like a goldmine of opportunities for healing? And they all are pretty quick to tell you about their problem. They're very happy that somebody came there to listen to them, talk to them about their arthritis and their hearing loss and their bad vision and everything else. And then you can offer to pray for them. And they're probably happy that somebody just cares enough to stop to listen to them for a little bit and was willing to pray. And I don't think that many people in the nursing home are going to turn down prayer by somebody who is willing to listen to them right? Or whoever you don't feel all that intimidated by, you know? Um, There's a lot of opportunities. I mean, there's, (laughs) we live in America. This is a pretty, unfortunately, a relatively sick country as far as everything seems to be on exponential curve of getting worse. Like, (laughs) you don't have less instances of cancer or less instances of heart disease or less... Fortunately, it's only getting worse. And so there's a lot of opportunity for us as the great physician's assistant to see Jesus touch people. Amen? Amen. Cool. Any other questions? Yes? Yeah, I mean, you know, I guess I wasn't there. I can't really give you much con. But how would you prevent something like that? Without going, shut up! You, know, you don't want to But How would you? I mean, that's why I was trying to teach people when you share the gospel, keep it under five minutes. Like, right? keep it all as simple as possible. Give only what's absolutely necessary for the person to know. But what the people? You don't? Well, that's why I was talking to all of you at once. <laughs> Have a conversation with them afterwards. The reality is, is that like we're all in a learning process and nobody's going to be perfect when you go out, nor do I expect you to be because I'm not perfect when I go out. And so we all grow and we all learn and how to better bring about transformation. And Jesus was very content to send people out that were still in process because that's what he did with the 12 disciples. He just wants us to continue to grow in that process, not stay stuck in a rut. Amen? So, any other questions? Yes, sir.
6: Done this and I've seen you do this and lots of others. When, when do you
1: stop praying? Like, oh, when I'm praying for them for healing? Pray for
6: someone and say, is it better? I don't
1: feel any different. Can I pray again? Like, yeah, for sure go for it second time. I mean really when, when I get sick of it or they get sick of it, that's a good time to stop. <laughs> How's that? Very spiritual. <laughs> but it's it's real. Right? Like, I don't know. If I pray for him a couple times and it's absolutely no change whatsoever, I might stop after a couple times. But I always encourage that person don't quit getting prayer because you never know how it'll happen. Like, I prayed for your on Sunday morning and he didn't get healed. I think I even prayed twice. Did I pray twice? Yeah, I prayed twice for him and he wasn't healed. But then later on that day, he got healed on Sunday prayed for him. And I wouldn't pretend to make a thought that the only way God can work is through me, you know, but I want to certainly be available. I want to be God's plan A. I don't want it to be that God has to go through five other people and get to somebody they'll actually work through. I want to be that I'm pretty yielded.
6: People understand that you don't have to stop you praying and didn't have to keep praying.
1: Sure. Absolutely.
6: How many times have Said nothing happened. He prayed again. Oh, many.
1: Who knows? Thousands? Yes. For sure. Absolutely. In fact, one of the most remarkable miracles I ever saw God do for anybody. Um I prayed for a guy. This guy got healed of 23 things. Uh I prayed for him. He he came to Reading, this was years ago, I was a student there. He had some disease where every nerve in his body was dying, and he felt nothing in his body from his hips down except excruciating pain. Prayed for him on a Wednesday. He's like, eh, I don't think I feel any difference. Friday, he comes back to me. Can you pray for me again? Don't check yourself out because of what ha- didn't happen last time. Amen? Amen? Start praying for him. I pray for him. Feels a little better. Pray again. Feels a little better. Pray for him. Feels a little better. Pray again, not much difference, not much difference, not much difference. And I was like, okay, God, what's the deal? Then God started giving me a heart of compassion for the guy. Then he starts feeling a little better, feeling a little better, feeling a little better. Then I start going through the motions. He's like, I don't feel the heat anymore. I don't feel God touching me anymore. It feels the same. God, give me a heart of love for this guy. He starts feeling a little better, feeling a little better, feeling a little better. Because faith flows through love, right? God doesn't just want us mechanically praying for people. He actually wants us to care about people right? And so, um, and then as I do that, all of a sudden, I hear, like, the thought, wrists. Do you have problems with your wrists? Oh, yeah, I broke both my wrists before. Oh, let's pray for him, pray for him. Oh, they're perfect. He goes down and starts doing push-ups. Oh, great, cool. Keep praying for him. Over the course of this whole time, like, his metal disappears out of his knee. He had, he gets virtually all the feeling back, except he says, well, I wouldn't have feeling back in my two toes, right? I said, why not? He goes, well, I was out mowing the yard and I cut him off with a lawnmower on accident. And he says, I didn't even feel it because of the nervous system problem. I pick up my two toes, bring him to the doctor, he sewed them back on, but there's no nerves, nothing running into those toes. I said, Well, that doesn't matter. Jesus heals all of it, right? So he started praying for the toes and he got feeling out of those two toes then. So literally the guy just gets the overhaul of it all. But it happened little by little and it happened over like the course of like gosh, maybe three hours. And if the guy wasn't terminal and didn't have any other hope, because he was given like six months to live and that'd been a year ago. I probably would have quit a lot quicker than that. But because he was terminal, it was like, well, I got all the time in the world for this guy because something needs to happen for him. And um, yeah, so God did something. Anyway, yeah. Any other questions? Yeah. Oppression or something happening? Yeah, maybe oppression,
4: um, and then I
1: start getting the reaction to that. So I miss what the, the is in front of me, uh, like what? just break it off. It's no big deal. God gave you authority. It's like if I'm praying for somebody, and I'm sensing there might be a spiritual component to it, I, I won't necessarily say, I feel like you have a demon. Right? Like, I'm not going to, I'm not saying you would, but I'm just saying, like, 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 No, 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 no. We heal the sick, cast out demons. It's in the same breath. You drive it out, right? So what I would do is, here, can I pick on you real quick? Let's say, come on over here. So let's say I'm praying for Pastor Steve, all right? So, I'm praying and I'm not sure, all right? And, and even if I think I'm 99% sure that I think a demon is causing some of his health problem, I still am not gonna approach it like, I, I don't like it when people say you have a spirit or you have a demon or anything like that, right? But, and this is not just for you. I realize that you might not necessarily do this, but I'm talking to a whole lot of people in this room right now, okay? So, like, what I would do is if I was sensing that maybe there was a spiritual component, whether that's 10% sensing or whether that's 99% sensing, I would say something like this. Like, we're praying for your back, for example. So I'm just picking on you with your back at the moment, all right? Awesome. All right. So just using it as an example. So if I was sensing that, I'd be like, you know, Holy Spirit, we release your presence to touch his back. And if there's a spiritual attack here, I take authority and I say, Satan, the Lord, rebuke you get out in the name of Jesus Christ. Any spirit causing the problem, I bind you, be gone now in Jesus' name. Be healed now. And then I'd just go on and keep praying however I would. You know, back be healed, muscles be released, vertebrae be restored, however I'm going to pray. But I'm not saying, like, you got a demon or something like that, right? Like, because then I just weirded them out, right? And like I said, I'm not picking on you. Like, I'm saying this for everybody's sake, okay? But, like, if I'm sensing that there might be a spiritual component to whatever is going on in the person I'm praying for, I'll just make a statement like, if they're under some kind of spiritual attack causing this, you just take authority. You know, Satan, the Lord rebuke you. Get out in Jesus' name. And that's written in the book of Jude. Oh, Jude. Where is it? Uh, Jude 1. Well, there's only one. Ha, ha, ha. That's easy. Ah. Uh, Oh, where is it? Verse nine. But even the archangel Michael, when he was disputing with the devil with the body of Moses, did not dare to bring a slanderous accusation against him, but said, "The Lord rebuke you." And so, like when I take authority over the devil, like I don't do it. I just say, you know, Satan, the Lord rebuke you. You know, get out. You lose this person right now. Any spirit causing this, I bind you. You know, get out in Jesus' name. It works pretty well. So, any rate. Did that help? Yes. Okay, cool. Uh, any other questions? Yes? When are you come back? When am I? What? When are you coming back? I don't know. <laughs> now I'm putting you on the spot. Ask him. <laughs> uh, you I don't know. We not have an opening until 2020. Yeah, <laughs> it'll be 2020. It's not going to be before that. So, anyway. Um, yeah, any other questions? Oh, I'm surprised you guys didn't ask a couple of the questions that I always get asked. Why does one person get healed and not another one? My answer is easy. I don't know. <laughs> yes, Kat. Um, so like, I, I know some of us, including myself, like I couldn't be the last two nights. Is there like a YouTube we can watch or something
2: just kind
1: of refresh? I'm guessing maybe the person who has the phone loaded up there. There you go. That was easy. All right. Any other questions? Yeah. I'm sorry, you have to talk louder because she's louder than you are. When you ask asking
3: the Holy Spirit to reveal what something something's wrong with somebody's body. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Now, is it possible that it might not actually be the physical? Of course. Could it be like a broken heart? For physical? sure. Okay. So then how would you go about, you know, because you're feeling, you know, you're sensing it's more of a emotional right. heart than an actual... Well, I just, I'm operating under the information I know, and I don't try to act like I know more than I don't. So I don't, like when we were, somebody was talking about that before... Like, I'm not going to say, oh, I feel like you have this problem with your heart. And they're like, actually, you no, know, my blood pressure is great, and every, I don't have palpitations or arrhythmia. Or I feel like you have an emotional problem. And they're like, actually, my emotions are doing pretty good, but I got palpitations. You know, like, so I'm not necessarily, I would just tell them, like, hey, you know, like, as I was just praying right now, I thought I heard God say the word heart. Do you feel like you have any issues going on with your heart? Does that make any sense at all? And just leave it at that. Um, and if they say no, they say no. And sometimes people say no, and they really do. <laughs> and that's fine. I don't know. People are weird. Sometimes they tell you that they're healed when they're not healed, and sometimes they tell you that they aren't healed when they are healed. People are weird. <laughs> in general, I trust what people say, and in general, people aren't lying to me. But, or they might have forgot. Like, I remember I had a word knowledge for somebody for sinuses. You had problems with your sinuses? No. They came back to me later on that night. Paul, actually, I get seasonal allergies all the time, but because it wasn't acting up in the moment, I kind of forgot all about it. And so just because you tried out a word of knowledge and they said no doesn't mean you got the word of knowledge wrong. Sometimes people are like, I don't know you, so I'm just going to say no no matter what you say. <laughs> people are weird. Yes. Yes. Then you say, "God bless you. Have a good day." You did your job. I don't try to convince people or force people to understand. No, I heard from God. You need to uh, you need to receive this right now. But you got a huge advantage over me. Nobody wants to say no to a person your age. You should be good. You're going to if I get 65%, that'll say yes. You'll get probably about 98% that'll say yes. So, you don't have too much to worry about. Any other questions? All right, let's have some healing time. Sound good? Let's do this. Everybody stand up. Everybody get a partner, somebody not from your family. You get a partner? If you do not have a partner, wave at me. Over there. Well, you two are by each other. You both had your hand up. Oh, that's your wife. All right, so wait, 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 blonde haired girl who's running that way. Can you go to back? Well, oh, they have two over there. So one of you go to one of those two, and the other one of you two go run over, wait a second, Well, still come running over there. Thank you. All right. And then who else doesn't have a partner? Just one. Everybody else is covered. All right, you're my partner. Come on up here. All right. Okay, I want you to figure out whose birthday is closer to today. And we don't count going backwards, only going forward. Between you and your partner. Go ahead. When's your birthday, man? Mine's April 2nd. Mine's 1st. I'm Paul, by the way. Steve. Good to meet you, Steve. All right. Did you figure it out? Whose birthday is closer to today? Between you and your partner, you're figuring that out. The person whose birthday is closer to today goes first. All right? So, all right? Find out. I mean, I know we've seen a lot, God heal a whole lot, but there probably still is stuff in this room that needs to be healed, all right? Think, like, where do you, what do you take medication for? Do you see 2020? Do you have pain anywhere at all in your entire body? What are you going to go see a doctor for that isn't perfect, you know? Like, I'm sure that there still is a fair number of things in this room that are not optimal yet in people's bodies, all right? And then go ahead and, and divulge that person whose birthday is coming up in 20 seconds or less, the person in front of you. All right? Um, let's see. Allergies, though, sometimes. I pay for allergies. I can't test it. Anymore, but Yeah. And then my stomach's mostly normal. I've taken some anti-malaria pills when I was in Africa, kind of jacked up my stomach a bit. And uh, so pray that that simmers out. It's most the way there, but needs a little help. All right, now go ahead. Tell the person whatever. I'm sorry. Tell the person who told you the problem. This is really easy for Jesus. Remember, don't get impressed. And go ahead. Lay hands on the person where they need the healing. Unless you shouldn't put your hand there. And you should know what to do by now. Invite the Holy Spirit to touch them, command the pain or problem to get out of their body in Jesus' name. Go ahead. Okay, go, go after it. Yeah, I used to have my stomach for the stomach problem. Go ahead. Lord Jesus, I command
3: that the, his stomach problems be gone, You'll be completely healed by your healing touch and I command that the allergies that he's suffering from be driven from his body and all the pain and suffering
1: from both of these be gone. In Jesus' precious name, amen. Amen. Thank you. All right. Now when you finish praying for the first person, we'll practice getting a word of knowledge for the second person. So put your hand on their shoulder. You remember, how many of you were here yesterday? Raise your hand. Oh, there's a lot of you that weren't here. All right. If you were here yesterday, you know what to do. If you weren't here yesterday, ask God for a picture in your mind of where that person might need healing, or maybe you'll hear the still, small voice of the Lord speak to you where they might need healing. So go ahead, take 10 seconds, ask God to show you where they might need healing. Once you get something, tell them whatever God showed you. I'm wondering if, like, somewhere down in there, you get some kind of chronic or... You know, lumbar that would be down in there. All
3: right, let's go after that.
1: Good. Well, not good, but good that God can change it. So, Holy Ghost, we release your presence and your anointing to touch this body in Jesus' name. Fusion become unfused now. Fire of God, touch him now. In Jesus' name, be restored. And every pain, get out of his body in Jesus' name. Be healed, be released. In the name of Jesus Christ, amen. Make sure that If they want prayer for something else besides what you got a word of knowledge for, you find out what that is and you pray for that also. Is there anything else you want prayer for? Uh, Yeah.
3: They have the back fusion and they cut my anatomical nervous system. Oh. So, something as simple as sweating, like maintaining the...
1: Okay, so let's pray that your nerve gets restored. So, Holy Spirit, we declare breakthrough in Jesus' name. Nerve, I command you to be reconnected right now. We declare a new nerve in Jesus' name. An ability to sweat, ability to all of this stuff. Be healed now in the name of Jesus Christ. Fire of God, touch him now. Be healed in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, now when you are done... Praying for both people, find out if somebody is improved but not perfect yet, make sure you pray for them a second time, and that could even be anywhere over the last few days. Maybe they got improved in something, but they're not perfect yet. So lay hey, hands on them one more time, invite Holy Spirit to touch them, drive out the problem. How are you doing? Can you test it or not so much? No, not really. I mean, I have to go out where it's hot to see if I sweat. Yeah. No, you're in Iowa. Or not in Ione. you're in Jackson or Cedar right. Creek. Where we are we at? Cedar Creek. Yeah. Close
3: yes. But I'm staying in Iowa. Yeah. Right. I I probably won't know that until I get an X ray again. It's
1: fair enough. Okay. Well bless you, man. Thank nice you. Thank you so much. Oh, my pleasure. Yeah. My friend Donnell has pancreatic cancer. Uh huh. For sure.
4: She's already, the doctors
3: are amazed that she's so here. Right? And so I just pray for her
1: that she would really like you to pray. Yeah, 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 So I, when I'm done, are you in a rush or are you okay for a little longer? I'm Okay, so just hang in there. When we're done, I'm happy to pray for you, okay? okay. I still got to manage them. Thank you. Yeah.
3: <laughs>
1: All right. When you're done praying for everybody who needed a second dose, go ahead and return back to your seat. Check your body out, test and see. All right, go ahead and have a seat. Okay, I I want to do a couple more things. If you have any issue in your body that you have been told is incurable, whatever it is, you can define incurable however you want diabetes, cancer tumor, whatever. You have something that you are told the doctor says, he's got no help, no answers for you. If that's you, I want to just make sure we get you one more time. So go ahead, stand up, whoever you are in this room. Jesus likes to heal incurable things. And I'd say we've seen a very large percentage of things healed that people have had that have been very long-term chronic in the last few days. So, if you have any problem that you have had for more than 15 years, you just shouldn't have to leave with it it's still in your body. So, if you have it, we could even do 10 years. If you had a problem more than 10 years, go ahead and stand up wherever you're at in the room. 10 years is long enough. And if you have any kind of, of goofy, extreme allergy, I was just in Minnesota where there was a boy who. When he went to camp, he couldn't eat anything in the cafeteria because even if the smallest amount of dairy was a last ingredient on something, he would have insane reactions to it. So he had to bring his whole complete stuff separate. He gets prayed for in the meeting. He gets healed. He tells his mom, I'm healed. And his mom wasn't so thrilled to have him test it out. (laughs) Eventually, he does go test it out, and he eats absolutely perfectly everything. But if you have any kind of random strong sensitivity, allergy, whatever, go ahead and stand up as well. Let's get you guys prayed for too. And I heard fibromyalgia. If you have fibromyalgia, stand up also. And now if you're standing, put your hand in the air. If you're sitting, I need your help. My goodness, we got a lot of people. You, no wonder why you're still coming to healing meetings. <laughs> you need some help. All right, no, that's fine. we got Jesus. He's good at helping, amen? All right, those of you that are sitting, stand up. we got a lot of hands in the air. I need your help. Go to these people, please. Go, 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 go. All hands on deck. Nobody should just be sitting there. It's all right to pile up more than one person on there. You can have two or three of you praying for a person. One can put a 1,000 to fight, you can put 10,000 to fight. All right, if somebody has come to you, put your hand down. If no one has come, wave at me. Okay, I got I got a few people here. Can Yeah, you got one of them? Great. She needs someone also. Or he needs somebody also. We got three more also. If you've got like three of you stacked up on one person, please send one of them this direction or that direction. All right, here, just come to me, woman with the braids. I'll pray for you. All right. So, you know what to do. Find out what the problem is, lay hands on them, drive it out. Don't be impressed by the problem. This is easy for Jesus. Give it its eviction notice. What's
3: going
1: on? So, Holy Spirit, we declare breakthrough right now in Jesus' name emphysema get out of her body right now the Lord rebuke you emphysema be gone in Jesus name be healed now be restored now be cleansed now lungs open up right now in the name of the word Jesus Christ amen all right have them tested out if they're able Yeah, every pain, every problem, get out of these bodies in Jesus' name. Any attack, devil, the Lord, rebuke you, get out in Jesus' name. Release your presence, your anointing, your fire to touch these bodies now. Be healed now in Jesus' name. Be released now in Jesus' name. Be restored now in Jesus' name. Tumors, get out. Ears, get out. Open up. Phibromyalgia, get out of them. (laughs) Okay. Hello, hello, hello. Have them test their body, see what's going on. All right, who here, you can tell that you're improved, but you are not perfect yet. If there's somebody like that in that group, I want you to pray for them one more time. If they've lived with this thing for over 10 years, or they're terminal, or it's incurable, we can at least pray twice for them. So stick your hand up, gather around these people. You can tell there's a difference, but not perfect yet. Who's that? Yeah, gather around Kat over there, please, some of you. Who else? Go to these people. Go for it. Drive it out. It's got to go. When you finish praying, go ahead, return back to your seats. Go ahead, return back to your seats. I just don't feel like we're done yet. I think God still wants to heal some more stuff. I, I don't think anybody should leave a healing meeting in pain. If you have pain anywhere in your body, I don't care what kind it is. It could be a headache. It could be your pinky hurting. It could be extreme long-term excruciating pain. If you have any pain anywhere in your body, raise your hand nice and high. Stand up. Put your hand in the air if you have pain in your body. All right? I need your help, those of you that are still here. So, go ahead, gather around the people whose hands are in the air. Go, 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 go. Go to the people that have pain somewhere in their body. Don't just pray from afar, go to the people. God works through people. We got a guy in the back. Somebody needs to go to the gentleman in the back. You know what to do. Talk to the person, find out where the pain is, lay hands on them, drive it out. When you're receiving prayer, just relax. Pretend that you're receiving a gift and it's Christmas time. You don't have to do anything. You don't have to press in. You don't have to do anything. Just relax and receive like a child. All right, have them test their bodies. See what's going on. God's healing wrists right now. Somebody here has wrist problems, and you're getting healed if you just test it out. Same with necks. In Jesus' name, necks be released now. Be healed now. Where there's a fusion, be unfused in Jesus' name. Amen. Hello, if you have, just a second if I can get your attention. If you're praying, go ahead and pray, but if you're just talking, I want your attention for a second. If you have some kind of block to something spiritual, and I'm not even saying it's a demon causing it, but like say maybe you have knee problems and you used to always kneel and pray, but now you can't kneel anymore because you have knee problems. Or every time you go to church, you fall asleep. Or you have some kind of block keeping you from something spiritual. If that's you, raise your hand wherever you are. And then I want you to go ahead and pray for those people. There's one back there. There's one over there. There's somebody here, there. So if you guys can gather on those people. If you have any issues with your tongue, that could be a variety of things. You feel like you just can't get control of your tongue and what you speak. Or it could be maybe you have a stuttering problem or a wisp. If you have any problems with your tongue... Go ahead and raise your hand wherever you're at. And I want you to lay hands on these people. There's somebody over here. If you can, Some of you can go over there. This gentleman over here. There you go. If you just really want to be healed of something, tell whoever's sitting around you, lay hands on me for this thing. Go for it.
3: Strongly to have you pray over him. He was born with a cleft lip
4: and palate. He's had his lip corrected, obviously, yep. like about a month ago. Mm-hmm. But he still has a cleft palate. So
1: let's pray. The yeah. so, Holy Spirit, we release Your presence on his palate, and I command you, palate, be healed now. Cleft palate, be healed in Jesus' name. Fire, God, touch him. We declare a creative miracle in Jesus' name. Amen. Is there a way to test? Take your finger in his mouth, or? (laughs) still there. Still there? But hopefully it will come. Sometimes it happens in the coming period of time. Yeah. If you were ever healed of something before, and for whatever reason, it came back, whether that's a spirit that came back, or you relapsed with something, or you had cancer, you got cancer-free and then you relapsed and had cancer again. If you got free of something and then later it came back at some point in your life, for whatever reason, raise your hand. We want to pray for that as well. Is there anybody like that in the room? No? Okay. All right, when you're done praying, go ahead, return to your seats. Way to go, guys, way to go. You saw God do a lot, I have a feeling. But way to be willing to just go after it. All right, I want you to think, just like we've done in all the rest of the services, I want you to think over the course of the night, I realize that some of that stuff that we prayed for, you're going to have to go to a doctor to find out. And by the way, please don't just cut yourself cold turkey off medications without talking to a doctor and just start doing something wild, all right? Throw away your insulin if you're a type 1 diabetic. Please don't do stuff like that, all right? Like, go talk to your doctor. Doctors are not, like, bad people, okay? And it's good to work this stuff out. There's nothing wrong with getting medically confirmed what God did, okay? All right. Um, But so some of you, I know you cannot test it out. Like maybe you had a tumor that was internal or maybe you had whatever else and, you know, you can't test at the moment. But some stuff you can test, I'm sure. And I'm sure God probably healed some stuff. And so at any rate, I want you to think over the course of the entire evening, we prayed for a variety of different things along the way. Whether it was pain anywhere in your body to something incurable to fibromyalgia to We prayed for a lot of different things. Just grabbing people and, okay, just tell them whatever your problem is, to being in a group of two with somebody else and got prayed over. So I want you to think over the course of the night how many body parts or conditions are at least 70% better. So I count healing as at least 70% better. Figure if it works for Randy Clark, it works for me. Figures if they're at least 70% better in the meeting, they'll be 100% by the next little bit. And realize that there's a fair number of things also that you might have the problem. Even right now, you got prayed for and it feels the exact same. That doesn't mean you're not going to get healed. Sometimes it happens in the coming period of time. You know, in the, in the Gospels, Jesus spoke to the tree, and the disciples left. But when they came back the next day, they said, what happened to the tree? You guys know this story? It didn't necessarily happen immediately in that case. They came back later, and they saw the effects of, of what, what was spoken, which shows life and death is in the power of the tongue. So be careful what you speak, right? Because it creates realities. Um, But, uh, you know, we spoke to the mountain and commanded the mountain to be moved. Whether we see it moved instantaneously or not, we're still believing that God's moving that mountain. Amen? Amen? And sometimes it happens over the coming period of time. I've experienced that personally in my own life as well. Uh, But for what you can tell, that you can test... If you can tell that God did something tonight, it's at least 70% better, so 70 up to 100% better, however many conditions that is. Hold up fingers for how many conditions in your body are at least 70% better since you've walked in through the doors of the church. Not what you're believing for in faith, but you can test it right now and you can tell it's at least 70% better. Hold up fingers for whatever that number is. Go ahead. Nice and high. I'm going to count in just a second, so keep them up. All right, so we got one, two... Oh, you got two? Okay, 1, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, 18, 19. You had five? Four. Okay. Was that 19? 23? I think I got you already. 24, 25, 26, 27, 28, 29, 30, 31, 32, 33, I think is what we got. I think we got that right. Can we praise Jesus for God doing this? Thank you, Lord. We give you the glory. It means you guys saw in the ballpark of 230 healings happen in three days, praying over each other. And that's just what could be tested. That doesn't include the whole gamut of things that you guys prayed for each other that could not be tested. That's incredible. Amen? <sighs> Who here, you were healed of something tonight and you had the problem for more than 10 years or was particularly severe and God healed you tonight? Anybody like that? There, there. Anybody else? Just two, three. Is there a hand in the back? Did you have your hand up? Four, five. All right, let's hear real quick from these five people. Like 20 seconds or less, what did God do? Did you have your hand up? What did God do? That's awesome. <laughs> Praise Jesus. <laughs> Thank you, Lord. Good. There was a hand in the back. What did God do? Well, you mentioned tongues, uh, something about a tongue. Yeah. You certainly seem pretty free talking right now. I said, You certainly seem pretty free talking right now. Thank you, Lord. Good. All right, who else? Yeah. Amen. Hallelujah. Happy for you. Good. Who else? Anybody else? Yeah.
5: Um, My left thumb has been messed up since I was 20, 39 now. Uh, My son prayed for me, and it feels at least 70% better right now, and it always hurts. It's always very stiff and rigid. Hmm. It feels great right now.
1: Did they give it a diagnosis or no? No. Just pain? Thank you, Jesus. Awesome. Good. Anybody else? (laughs) Hallelujah. God is good. (sighs) Well, one more time. I think you have already heard me say it today, but Jesus loves you. He heals because he loves you. He wants a relationship with you. All of us have done things wrong, and it separates us from God. God didn't want us separated. So that's why Jesus came and died on the cross so we could be forgiven. So, Go ahead close your eyes real quick. If you've never before prayed to turn away from what you've done to make Jesus your God, and you would like to do that right now, you can let me know by raising your hand. I'll have everybody repeat after me, not just those that raise their hand. Say, Jesus. Jesus. Please, forgive for please forgive me for what I've done wrong. I want to follow you. I make you my God. Thank you for dying on the cross for me. Yeah, help me to live for you. In Jesus' name. In Jesus name. Amen. Amen. All right, very good. <sighs> that is good. I think we've had a good time these last few days. Again, the resources are back there. If you'd like to grow in Holy Spirit ministry, there's the movie, which you guys saw the clip for. If you were here on Sunday, at least, you saw the clip for it. Um, I had a, for those that are not familiar with it, I had the privilege of being in a movie, a documentary on God healing people. Um, there's that. This is the bonus features for the movie, but you don't need to get this. That's actually inside as a link inside on the DVD, but uh, some people want that as an actual physical DVD, so if that's you, then that's there. Which you guys can do on Saturday, this book talking about having a lifestyle, just simply seeing God heal and touch people where you go, simply hearing God's voice and going and finding his treasures and seeing them get impacted by him. If you like open-heart surgery with no anesthetic, this is the book for you. Humility of the hidden key to walking in signs and wonders. I remember reading this and I was repenting of all sorts of things that I didn't even know I needed to repent of. But you know, really, you know, I I don't tend to emphasize the character component quite as much because most people in the church already beat themselves up thinking that they're not holy enough and that's why God can't ever do anything with them. And so I try to go the other direction with it. But there is a a truth that 1 Peter 5 and James chapter 4 both say the exact same verse verbatim, which is God opposes the proud but gives grace to the humble. And healing is all about God's grace. And so if it's all about God's grace, it's going to work a little better. I just can't afford to be opposed by God. Amen? I'd venture to say that willfully walking in pride is one of the stupidest things I could choose to do. Because that gets you opposed by God. Right? <laughs> I mean, it doesn't mean that we don't all have pride somewhere in our life that somebody needs to point out to us, and we got some blind spot somewhere. But I'm just saying, like, choosing to walk in pride, that's just straight up being an idiot. <laughs> I'm just calling it as it is, right? <laughs> and really, pride is just not knowing your identity in Christ. It's trying to create an identity for yourself. Anyway, all right. This book, talking about hearing God's voice and getting words of knowledge, Um, yeah, if you want to grow in hearing God's voice, if you want to grow in getting words of knowledge for people, very simple, very practical, easy to read. This, if you want to get the teaching that I gave you on Sunday night in particular in you in a deeper way, Uh, for some of you just hearing it once is not good enough. You need to get it in you. Some of you might already by this night, you're like, wait a second, what was everything that I learned these last three days? Okay, and you're kind of starting to panic a little bit, like, what what was this? And oh, man, I took notes on that, and I hope I got it all enough. Getting it in you a bit more is not a bad thing. Helps put it in you, all right? Because you want it to be not just information that you've heard once, but a way of how you live out your life in seeing God touch people. Amen? This is my favorite book on healing. I was going to write a book on healing. I was going to have a chapter on each of the keys that caused me to see breakthrough in a greater way with a chapter on risk and identity and compassion instead of disqualifying yourself and a bunch of stuff we've covered in the last few days that I interned for this guy. And that's exactly how he wrote his book on healing. So this is my favorite book on healing. It's the one that I wanted to write. Very practical in healing ministry. How many of you realize the church needs more practical stuff and less theoretical? Right? We need it Real. Most of Christianity, Jesus made really, really practical. He made it really impossible. (laughs) Right? But he made it really practical. He made it impossible to live out in my own strength apart from the Holy Spirit. He made it that I can't do this thing outside of healthy relationship with God and healthy relationship with people. Oh, I just have to say this. This is really a rabbit trail. But there are people who feel like they are living underneath spiritual warfare, and it's because they've chosen to live in isolation. Because whatever's done in the darkness is going to come out in the light. It's just on whose terms, whether it's God's or yours. Right? That's why it says confess your sins when they may be healed. doesn't mean that every single person needs to know every bit of junk you've ever done in your life. But if you don't have anybody, that you can be completely... You are not a healthy person. You are not a safe person. That's where the performing stops and real relationship starts, which is what we're really actually hungry for. We're not hungry to have to try to perform for other people's love and acceptance. We want real relationship with God and with people. That's what God's made us for. People try to vicariously put all sorts of things in there because they're disconnected. God's made us to live connected. If nothing else, let me pray this. God, lead people that are disconnected to find healthy people that are connected, that they can connect to. Amen. Alcoholics Anonymous says it like this. You're only as sick as your secrets. I get concerned sometimes in the, Wow, now I'm getting in my inner healing message, but whatever. You're still here. You didn't leave yet. <laughs> Sometimes I get concerned that, um, you know, with such an American individualistic culture, I can define just God and me. And it's just a failure to understand how God works, how God works through relationship. Because the Greek is really particular when you read Paul's epistles in the Bible. When it's saying you, Americans read that as you singular. But the Greek, there's a you and there's a y'all. Texans understand this. There's a you and a you plural. And the Apostle Paul didn't write about stuff to you singular. He wrote it to y'all. He didn't write about spiritual gifts to you. He wrote it to y'all, the church in Corinth. That's y'all. That's people. It's never been about me finding my gifts and my destiny and my anointing and my calling and my this and my that. And we create our own narcissistic, self-absorbed reality. Because it's all meant to be lived out through relationship with other people. It's all meant to flow best through love. Amen? Amen. And so God's intended me to do this thing with healthy relationship with other people. Not in my own little world. Just saying. Maybe that's helpful for somebody. Who knows? Anyway, there's this book. (laughs) This is my buddy Jason Chin's book summarizing the first year of Bethel's ministry school and with teaching and healing and word of knowledge and prophetic and all that stuff. And what I love about it is there's the video component at the beginning of the book telling you where to go online to watch video clips that are activation and demonstration-oriented to help you incorporate it into your Holy Spirit lifestyle. So there's that all. If you're interested in... Philippines, remember there is the piece of paper in the back. You can throw your name on there. I also have an email newsletter. If you want to get on that, feel free to throw your name on there. I don't get my email newsletter out very often, let me be real. I enjoy preaching more, and I like writing that thing. So. But I get it out a few times a year. So if you want to stay connected that way, feel free. Oh, if you're from, because I realize you guys are from a bunch of random different churches. How many of you are, this is actually your home church. Raise your hand. Oh, actually most of you. Oh, OK. But I have run into people who are from here, there, and everywhere. But if your home church is, I realize they did a pretty good job of getting the word out to the churches in the immediate area. But uh, if your home church is a little bit of ways and you think that they would like something like this, feel free to ask me for a card or something and I can pass one along to you to give to your pastor if you think they're hungry for God healing. 233 things in three days. <laughs> Not that I prayed for it, but you guys did. God is good, amen? All right, can we praise Jesus one more time for everything that happened? Thank you, Lord, to give you the glory. And I think that is all I had for you guys. Thank you so much for coming. Thank you so much for praying for people. And uh, yeah, to God be the glory. He's awesome. Pastor Steve. You're
6: dismissed.
1: All right, have a good night.